What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at the champ. Defense still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the flow. I'm wild, but you How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, it has been forever since we've done this. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's nice to be back. It is. It's, uh, it is. It, it, it's been a while. <laughs> there hasn't been much to talk about, but even even with that, it's still been way too long. So I'm, I'm really glad we've we've got a light at the end of the tunnel, and you know, uh, the NBA is coming back. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, I I can't wait. Uh, the format is a little bit confusing, but um, you know, it we'll we'll. We'll get it figured out. It'll 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 all come together as we get closer. And um, I don't know. It it sounds pretty exciting. It's it's a little lopsided in terms of how many teams from each conference, but I think that's appropriate uh, considering yeah. the records and everything. So yeah, it sounds like it'll be good. One of the funny things from this, you know, this plan that Adam Silver presented and it got approved today, and. I don't know if you've thought about this or not, but I think it's funny that they're doing a eight-game deal for the teams that are, you know, the 22 teams that are in playoff contention. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but the eight teams that are left out, they're locked into those positions. So, <laughs> so that it, Adam Silver effectively ends those those teams' tanking efforts for the rest of the season. They're just kind of. They're kind of where they're at. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, as far as I know, um, it the language, again, was a little bit confusing. Um, I can read uh, from the press release real quick what it says about that. But um, for the most part, it's um, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, you don't, you don't want teams to come back just to tank anyway. I mean, that's – some of the teams don't want to be there. <laughs> so um, – I mean, it, it, that's funny, yes, but at the same time, I think it's pretty appropriate. <laughs> uh, so what the press release says is that the 14 NBA lottery teams would be the eight teams that do not participate in the restart and the six teams that participate in the restart but do not qualify for the playoffs. These teams would be seeded in the lottery and assigned odds based on their records through the games of March 11th and the 16 playoff teams would draft an inverse <laughs> order of their combined records across regular season games and seeding games. 
Okay, so yeah, so, that, so those those basically, <laughs> if you don't make the playoffs, these games that they're going to play um, in the restart, the teams that don't end up making it won't matter for them. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, and that you know, if you're, I know teams will deny tanking, but it's two things. One, you've got a situation where, like, if you look at the tankathon standings, Cleveland. They're 19 and 46. Well, Minnesota, they were 19 and 45. <laughs> so they played one less game than Cleveland, but in the final standings, Cleveland, they're going to end up being a half a game worse and they're going to get the better, you know, lottery spot. Even though the top three have equal odds. But <clears throat> uh, Golden State, that means they're locked into the, to the last spot in the league, which means the Mavs are going to, get the first pick in the the second round if i'm not mistaken um yeah i think that's correct so i mean that that's a good thing they they own the mavs own their first round pick which will be somewhere between 16 and 20 which will be a good pick i mean i i like how things are shaping up um uh, obviously with the restart you have to think about rust uh you have to think about guys that might not have, you know, had a full workout facility at their house or basketball court and stuff like LeBron probably does. But, you know, health-wise, this was a huge plus for the Mavs as far as, you know, getting healthy because uh, I just did a, I did a Zoom call with Justin Jackson not too long ago, and you guys will be on the lookout for that on our uh, math step back youtube channel but one of the topics we talked about was this and you know the mavs overall health and luca he struggled with his with his hand uh it kept getting re-aggravated seemed like every night every other night it was getting slapped no call <laughs> which uh, i'm not gonna go off on that again but uh, he wouldn't get a call it was a blatant foul they hit him on the hand it re-aggravated and bam there you go uh kp He'd sit out back-to-backs. That was mostly precautionary, but, you know, he's had a lot more time to to chill out. I mean, I just think it's going to be great. I mean, I don't know the – I know two days after the Mavs' last game where they throttled the Nuggets uh, at American Airlines Center, it was announced that Jalen Brunson wasn't going to return for the season. But at that time, did they know that – <laughs> that they were going to be out for this long and restart. I mean, do we know if he's going to be ready? Do I mean, what's the situation with Dwight Powell? I mean, he's he's probably not going to come back and you know just no, wait until next season. But overall, all the little nagging stuff with Luca, KP, and the others, it's gone now. So you have to think about the rust. But I don't know. I'm excited about it. I think unprecedented situations call for unprecedented results and i think that's what's going to happen matt (laughs) (laughs) i am totally uh not surprised that you think that's what's going to happen i'm not as confident i i i didn't i didn't like predict something specific i i mean i'm just saying you know crazy things can happen (laughs) so 
that's true. Um, I do think that this kind of thing is uh, going to favor the younger teams a little bit because, which is what the Mavericks are now, um, because it's going to bring a lot of, um, you know, not, I mean, there's one back-to-back in the regular, quote-unquote, regular season for each team, but also it's a lot of games in quick succession, not necessarily back-to-backs, but one day off. Like in the playoffs, it's games going to be games every other day. And I think that favors the younger teams a little bit. Um, right. I also think that, um, you know, like you said, the health thing is invaluable for the Mavericks. I mean, they were – I mean, I, I don't know if a lot of people remember because it was so long ago, but the Mavericks were really, um, really beat up at that time, you know. And, yeah. Yeah, they were, um, they... we were concerned about KP. We were concerned about Lucas Hand. We, you know, we were concerned about Seth um, and others. So um, that definitely helps a lot. Yeah, they were they were beat up all season. Uh, you know, Luca he missed, I believe, thirteen games. KP he missed sixteen. But like I said, you know, most of his missed games were due to load management. Just being cautious about that, but. You know, for for those two guys to miss at least thirteen games apiece, and the Mavs were still forty and twenty-seven when the season was suspended. I mean, that's really good. I mean, that's that's one reason for optimism right there. You have your two best players missing double-digit games, and you're still thirteen games over five hundred, and you're only two and a half games away from you know having home court advantage in the playoffs, which. Uh, you know, home court means nothing now at a neutral site. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know why people wouldn't be optimistic with this restart. I think it definitely favors younger teams. And like I said, with something that's never been done before, I mean, things could get crazy. And I'm excited to see it play out. Yeah, I'm not too upset given the way the season went that the Mavericks won't have any kind of home court advantage in any of these games. <laughs> Uh, they seem to be a better road team. Um, <laughs> this is a good thing. They don't have to play at home anymore. So <laughs> I guess I, yeah. I guess I will go ahead and predict that that championship now. I mean, mathematically, there's still not a lock to make it, but yeah, they're going to make it. I mean, they um, they would have seven games up with eight regular season games to play. So I mean, look, they, they... It would barring complete disaster. <laughs> Let me look up. The, let me look at this. I know we're like uh, five and a half games up on the Grizz for the eight seed, but what's I think it's. I actually think it's seven. I might be wrong. I haven't looked at it for a few days. Yeah, but, that, that, um, that's probably right. But let me see here. I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're seven games up on the Grizz, and let me see. Portland, which would be the nine seed. We're 10.5 games up on Portland. So, yeah, it, we're a lock to be in the playoffs. But we're not a lock to, uh, you know, to be out of that, that play-in for the eight seed. Right, yeah. That's, but, what, that's what I'm getting at. But to drop down to eighth, I mean, the Mavs would basically have to lose all eight games, and the Grizz would basically have to win all eight games. So, Right, and... Um... You know we're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, I just talked to Kirk Henderson, our buddy, and he's gonna jump on in the second half here in about Sweet. fifteen minutes with us. So so that'll be awesome, and he can give his thoughts on that too. But um, 
it man it, it would take a complete disaster and of like epic fail proportions for them not to <laughs> not to make an end and while to, while to, growing Luca, up a rangers and mavericks basketball sorry <laughs> yeah but like growing up a rangers and mavericks and cowboys and stars fan and an Ole miss fan <laughs> i'm used to epic disaster collapses but i just for once don't see it happening in my life no i mean it, it'd have to be it'd have to be the worst thing we could ever imagine. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, I think at, at worst they'll stay where they're at at the seventh seed. But I mean, I, I really can see them going up a couple spots and there's, yeah, that would be great. And I'm, I'm fairly certain, you know, they, the NBA wants these last eight, uh, the last eight games of the regular season that they're doing, they want it, to determine the seeding so i imagine whatever they come up with schedule wise it'll be you know like i there's only 2.5 games separating utah oklahoma city houston and dallas four through seven so i mean i kind of feel like we're <laughs> we're gonna end up playing the rockets the thunder and utah in somewhere in that eight game stretch and you know, when you're only 2.5 games separated between those two, and then they might be playing each other as well, you can make up some ground pretty quick. So, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I'm ready for them to, you know, finalize that just so we can look at the, the actual schedule and the dates and, you know, all the different scenarios that could play out. But I think it's cool that they're doing it at Disney World. Uh, that's like my wife's favorite place on Earth. And, you know, she'll go with her family during the, uh, like, every other summer. And I never go. I stay home and work because <laughs> Disney World just isn't really my thing. And now now she was like, well, you go to Disney World now <laughs> since the NBA is there. And I was just like, well, still can't do that because Rona's still running around. But, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to go and watch the NBA playoffs on a neutral site like that, that'd be awesome. But I'm just glad that they're, they're actually returning and it should be televised and it, it'll be awesome. I'll tell you one thing I don't hate about this Dalton is that I, as much as I love going to games and I get to go to them for free and it's really cool experience being in the locker room and in the press room and all that stuff. Just get to relax. I just get to relax on my couch <laughs> Watch the games right from home. Don't have to deal with crowds in the locker room, and you know, plenty of time to get a you know a game recap in. Oh yeah, plenty of time. Don't have to worry about you know sitting around, um, you know, waiting to get quotes and all that stuff. They'll, I bet you anything, they'll be sending them out, and I yep. can just hang out. And enjoy it. it. It's gonna be weird if they don't like pump in artificial crowd noise at least through the TV. Yeah, which um, I think I think they, they do will. that. I think they will too. But if they if they don't do that for whatever reason, um, I think they should probably mic up the players. I think that would be fun. Yeah. See, some people some people don't like the the idea of pumping in crowd noise because it's just it's not it's not authentic, but. 
I think there's much more of a chance of them doing that than micing up all the players because there's just <laughs> if they mic up all the players, then they're not going to be able to broadcast the games live because yeah, there'd have to be at least some kind of a delay. <laughs> yeah, especially with uh with Luca. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they would have to it'd have to be a delay, and they'd have to censor some stuff out. But I would prefer the second option there, but I, I'm not. I'm not opposed to pumping in crowd noise too. I've I've seen them do that uh, with other sports, and I, I mean it sounds fine to me, so I'm good with it. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be different, but it's going to be fun, um, and I'm just ready for sports again, man. I've oh me too. There's been th- there's been like the last dance, and there's been like a couple of you know bullshit golf tournaments with like tiger woods and tom brady and stuff (laughs) um there's like you know and like uh some soccer and i think german soccer's back but like this will be the first um as far as i'm concerned the first real sporting event that i can really sink my teeth into (laughs) and get back into um and what's you know another thing that's great about it too is you know the season is approximated assuming the NBA finals go to seven games. Um, it's going to be approximated to go until October 12th. And which means by the time next season starts, there will barely be any break. There will be like, you know, which will be drafts. Nice. Oh yeah. There'll be the draft and free agency. And then it'll start back up pretty quick after that. Yeah, and so guess that'll, what? That'll be a nice change. If that if that's the if that's going to be the schedule, then we're going to have Thanksgiving off. <laughs> Thanksgiving yeah. Thanksgiving week, not having to do anything. That'll be great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I made the comment. I think it was a week or so ago, two weeks ago. Uh, you know, I was sitting on my couch. I was looking on Twitter. I saw something about uh a race that was going to be happening that Sunday. And I was sitting there actually seriously considering watching a NASCAR race. And I mean, I, I hated that that was the case because I just, that's, I mean, look, if you like NASCAR, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you or anything, but that's just like the most boring sport ever in my eyes. Like I just can't, I can't watch a car go in circles for however many laps that they go in. It's just not my thing. But it it had gotten to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm about to watch this NASCAR race. <laughs> I, I never got that far. Well, I didn't either. It got to Sunday, and then I found something else to do. So, but I, for, a, for a split second there, I was considering it, and that's a big deal for me because I hate NASCAR. So... Yeah, I'm going to say something a little bit more controversial about that. And if you guys hate me, I'm sorry. It's not meant to be personal, but it's true. Oh God. I don't think NASCAR is really a sport. Okay, there you go. Well, I don't think I don't think driving around <laughs> in a circle is a sport. I mean, yeah, it's like dangerous and like you put your life on the line and like it's probably it probably is really tough to like the endurance with like the heat and all that stuff is probably really tough, yeah. but um, Well, I mean, if we're being technical, I think I, for I, it to be a sport, there has to be a ball. Yeah. Well, or I gymnastics. Mean, I think gymnastics is a sport. You know, I think they technically label it as a motor sport, which is accurate. But you know, we just we just call it a sport generally. But you know, I agree. I I, I don't really view it as a as a sport. But 
you know, racing in general has always been a, a game people have played, you know, throughout the years and they just do it in cars. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not a sport, but I, I think along the same lines as you. So, but anyway, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. You're excited. The Mavs, they're coming back. Uh, we're going to get to see Luca do his thing again. Uh, I was kind of getting scared. We weren't going to get to see what he could do in the playoffs, but I mean, I'm super excited now. Uh, just, uh, just published a piece on DallasBasketball.com earlier today about how Luca's is born for this. He's born for the bright lights of the playoffs. He did it with Real Madrid. He's done it throughout his, you know, entire professional career. Even when he was with Real Madrid, uh, before he made it up to the, uh, you know, the main squad. He was playing on the 16 and under squad and then the 18 and under. He was still dominating, like, <laughs> during their little postseason tournaments they did and everything. So he he's he doesn't feel pressure anymore. He loves those moments. And as we all know, the NBA playoffs, that's the brightest stage you can have in basketball. And I'm just – I'm so excited that we're going to get to see that. So – yeah, and this is something I just I just thought of as you were talking about that, and I don't know if you talked about this in your piece or not. I can't remember. Um, but this will be a lot like when he was at uh, EuroBasket with Slovenia. You right. Know, his entire team being together on the road in a neutral location. Um, you know, all being together all the time, uh, games. You know, day after day after day. So I think that'll play to his advantage because he's used to that kind of thing. A lot of these other players are going to be used to that kind of thing. That's exactly right. So. That, I mean, that's really good. I actually didn't mention that, but that's a that's a really good point. I wish I had, but you're right. I mean, it's this is some this is more of something that Luca's used to, and you know he's already dominating the league as it was in year two, almost averaging a thirty ten and ten triple double. But you know now the situation will be more like what he was used to overseas. He's just going to be playing NBA basketball. And the the NBA players that aren't used to that, you know, they're going to have a harder time adapting to it than he will. So, I mean, I think it'll be great. I'm ready to I'm ready to see it and I think we're going to we're going to go ahead and take a break now. Uh, on the other side, we're going to bring in our guy Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball. We're going to get his thoughts on this NBA 22 team back to action plan stay with us we'll be right back all right guys we're back uh we've got our good buddy kirk henderson from mavs moneyball with us kirk how you doing man the nba's back oh, is it back yet I, it's I not back yet but what? it's coming back <laughs> it's coming back in two more months two more months might as well be a lifetime <laughs> Another song. But we have things to talk about. That's the real key. We have things to actually talk about. Right. Now, they might not happen, but we could talk about them. Right. Yeah, in the first half of this, we just, uh, I mean, we basically just put our feelings out there, how we have some hope and seems like there's some light at the end of the tunnel instead of just having this endless, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And we talked about the 22-team plan that they, uh, the Board of Governors passed today. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. Overall, what do you like? What do you don't like? Um, 
I mean, how, how do you think it's going to go over? I mean, I understand why they did it for 22 teams, but I think it's it's very much a we're trying to make as much money as possible. Like, the fact that the Suns and the Wizards are there is objectively <laughs> stupid to me. Uh, however, the Mavericks play the Suns, and the Suns won't care, and so that's a likely W as far as I'm concerned when I'm looking ahead at the roster and kind of the, the scheduling type stuff. But, you know, overall, I would say I'm, I'm pleased. i um not sure if you guys have heard this yet. You probably have. In fact, I think I told you about it. Uh, on Zach Lowe's podcast, Kevin Pelton mentioned that yesterday, based on the information that he knew, which has turned out, you know, to basically be entirely true, the NBA has like like slowly leaked this out perfectly, that the uh, he ran 100 simulations on what would happen with the rest of the season, and the Mavs moved up 50% of the time. Ah. Um, which is really an interesting little tidbit that I'm going to hold on to for dear life over the next several months, because... You know, it's you know, the Mavericks had a lot of crappy things happen to them in short order. They had a really good first twenty games, and then the next forty or so, we kind of played five hundred ball. Now everybody's healthy, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. You know, the the roster is the rotation's limited. You know, Brunson's gone now; he's out, and then you know you yeah. you, you leave out uh, Powell, and and so that that provides some challenges. But I I at least you know I look forward like it's clarifying. Like there there's some things that are going to happen. I'm really I'm looking forward to see what you know what Carlisle is able to come up with in the laboratory. Yeah, yeah. We uh, another thing Matt and I talked about was, you know, for the Mavs to be forty and twenty-seven when Luca missed thirteen games, KP missed sixteen games, uh, and you know that a lot of that was during that that five hundred ball stretch you were talking about. Well, you know now they're completely healthy, so now what are they going to look like? And if you're playing another point that Matt brought up that I hadn't thought about until he until he brought it up a while ago, uh, you know this setup at a neutral site at Disney World for the NBA play the rest of the season in the NBA playoffs, it's kind of similar to what Luca was accustomed to overseas with with Euro League, like when they did their postseason stuff. Uh, you know, ca- almost campus style. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I thought it was a really good point. I think, you know, he's going to be very comfortable playing in that type of environment, whereas other NBA players might, you know, have to become more accustomed to it. What's your thoughts on that? I do think it really benefits any of the younger guys, the guys that don't necessarily have families, the guys that are a a little more used to that sort of approach. I do think that's going to be interesting for Luca, having come from his European background where they play games a number of days, um, at least for, for, for the start of things. The playoffs is going to be maybe kind of a different deal, but with the eight game finish, I do think there are things that tilt the Mavericks way in a really interesting fashion and it for me i'm very curious to see how much of uh carlisle's hand that he shows you know i've talked about this with you guys on and off going back to probably like december like the mavericks just don't have any five-man lineup data have you ever looked at this so their most played lineup their most played lineup 205 minutes with hardaway powell porzingis finney smith and Doncic. And so, you know, you, you essentially toss that one out the window because uh, Powell's out now. And then their second most played lineup is 122 minutes with Hardaway, Curry, Porzingis, Finney Smith, and Doncic. And that, like, that lineup has a net rating of, of 11, like, 11.7. Like, they're outstanding. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to be, 
you know, really interested just to see what they're able to do in, in this sort of format because they're going to play every other day. I think there's, you know, we're going to start to see some of the really, like, I, I can't believe the league, uh, and mainly, like, like the, the agents, like, start leaking some of these wines. Like, the season could have been canceled. Heck, it still yeah. might be canceled. <laughs> um, and, and, like, we're just seeing all these, like, absolutely, out, like, ridiculous wines about these guys that, that, you know, are getting to play basketball professionally. I'm not exactly, you know... Uh, one of these guys that gets really mad when the players do this stuff, but it's like this is this this is going to be a really fun experiment that we'll probably look back on in ten years and say, "Wow, that was just an interesting time in basketball." You know, I don't know how much we're going to take away from it, but for for Luca, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what sort of rhythm he can get in. Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll benefit him uh, as far as the formatting goes. I think this is something you know. There's there's been whispers that the NBA has has been wanting to start, you know, around Christmas anyway, and you know, shorten the season up a little bit going forward. So I don't know mm. if I don't know if Adam Silver will take advantage of this and use it as a reason to to change everything like that going forward. I, I'm not sure, but I mean, what what do y'all think, Matt? You can chime in on this too, but. I mean, if the NBA going forward did start in December or, you know, later December around Christmas and just ran through, say, July or early August, I mean, what would y'all feel about that? I mean, do you like that idea or would you rather just keep it how it is? Well, Matt, selfishly, first. <laughs> well selfishly, I love that idea because um, I also cover football for a living, yeah. so having basketball and football going at the same time in October and November and December is um, very difficult sometimes. It's a lot of work, and I get worn down. So if they're split up like that... Especially when you cover the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) It is exhausting. But So selfishly for that reason, I like it a lot. I've always thought there was too many games, so if they decide to shorten the season, I think that's great. Um, it'll give players more rest. They can, you know, maybe spread the games out a little bit, cut a few games off here and there, whatever. I love that idea personally. I know it's probably more difficult for um, people with families and stuff like that, with you know, like vacations and summer and all that stuff. But um, since I'm single and uh, no kids <laughs> and <laughs> have no worries like that, I am totally fine with it. Look, it's been so long since. I've been on like a real vacation. Like I, I'm, I may get away to somewhere like an hour away for a weekend, but it's been so long since I've been on an actual vacation that I forgot what it, I've forgotten what it feels like. So it wouldn't affect me regardless, but Kirk, what do you think? Hate it. But you know, that's because, you know, if I were a fan, I'd probably find it interesting because, you know, you get summer goes on. You know, I'm on the East Coast. I also wonder if it really applies, like, based on, like, time zone. Because, you know, when when the sun goes down in the middle of winter and I got back, you know, the sun goes down at 5 o'clock and I have basketball games that come on at 7, I kind of like it. Yeah. In the summertime, when the sun's up till 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock at night sometimes, we're in, and then basketball games are coming on at 7, I'm just going to have a harder time wanting to turn it on. Now, from my, my you know managing editor of Mavs Moneyball place, I absolutely hate it because I just look forward to you know a little bit of that summer break. I know people are going to say, oh, you still get a break. But, you know, getting a break in, in like October sucks. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
I've, I'm, I'm slowly trying to kind of come to grips with it. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it's so weird because I think I watched more games this year and then Luca's rookie season than I did the, you know, I, I, I missed games the, you know, going back yeah. to, to, you know, it's like 15, 16 and stuff like that. I was feeling, you know, when the Mavericks are much what must watch television, it's a, it's a lot harder to step away. And then, you know, when they're, when they're kind of crappy to watch, I didn't really mind about it. And so it's like this conflating sense of, I really want to watch the Mavericks because they're awesome and fun. And also I have a family and I should probably spend some time with them. <laughs> so like, you know, you, you you run those two things together and like eventually my son will be old enough and you know we'll watch some games together and that sort of stuff will be fun so like i'm i at the moment i'm not as pouty as i've been uh that could resurface particularly like i think like starting games on christmas is just rude um yeah like what do we do are you trying to get sports writers killed uh, you know <laughs> i know it's one thing when the games are already like like playing on christmas but like something about starting on christmas just feels ruder it's like you know it, i don't know i'm all over the place on it i think if i remember correctly when i when i read some of the details from today i think right now the proposed plan is like they'd start december 1st i'm Matt, okay. you, might, you might have to correct me on that, but I think the rumor was Christmas before all that came out, and then I, I want to say that they, they said December 1st today, so uh, that would be better. Uh, like I was I was talking with Matt a little bit earlier about, you know, I, I kind of like the idea that there won't be any NBA during uh, Thanksgiving. Just, you know, me personally, uh, you know, my... My, I have two little brothers. My oldest little brother, he moved to Iowa. He's a uh, he's doing chemical engineering stuff that's way over my head. So, but yeah. you know, he moved off to there. I only get to see him like two times a year now. So, he enjoys watching the Mavs. We we uh, when he comes back, if basketball season is going on, we watch him. But you know, the rest of my family doesn't. So <laughs> during Thanksgiving week, if I'm spending a bunch of time with them. I'll find myself, like like Kirk said, you know, I'll be looking at my phone or watching TV or whatever, just kind of distracted. And it, it would be nice to not have any games whatsoever during that time um, to spend more time with family. So I, I like the idea. Um, I don't have any complaints. I'm just, like I said earlier, I'm just glad that we have something to talk about, something to, you know, get excited about. And uh, it's not just like this endless, you can't see any light at the end of the tunnel kind of situation. So, yeah. But yeah. Here, here's um, a question for y'all um, that I have: Is do you see any potential? I mean, we the print the plan was approved. It looks like everything's going to go um, forward. But do you see any potential roadblocks leading up to this? Or oh do you yes, think we're oh god, made yes. In shade? It's got it's so, got so it's got to be testing related, right? I mean, so I have strong takes on this one for, for once in my life. I'm a man of, of such calm opinions. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know you're going to be surprised by this. I'm shocked. But so for the Mavericks, for the Mavericks specifically, getting Luca and KP back in the country and then them following the guidelines is going to be a pain in the butt. Uh, like I, the, the Department of Homeland Security basically created the line pass that that nba players and any overseas players can basically fill out and then come back into the country and not have any problems but that in and of itself 
means a problem existed. So to come back into the country is hard in and of itself. And then they have to self-quarantine for two weeks, which you know the Mavericks will absolutely make them do. So like on a sheer timeline basis, Luca needs to be on a plane now. Same yeah. with Porzingis. Like these are, you know, if, if this is kind of what we're talking about. So specifically for the Mavericks, I see some pitfalls, which, you know... I kind of think everybody knew this was coming, so maybe I'm making much ado about nothing. But like, I also, I, I've just, I've gotten the feeling watching Luca that that as we watch him as a Maverick, he's going to be so much more of a free spirit than Dirk ever was, and it's going to drive us crazy from time to time. Because that dude just gets <laughs> on a plane and on a boat and goes places. He doesn't tell anyone. Like Dirk's a homebody. Like Luca is is more of an adventurer. So it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens with him over the you know over the course of his career. But also specifically for this, that's that's the pitfall I worry about with with uh, the Mavericks. But I'm not sure about the NBA. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I I think that the biggest pitfall is going to be you know how how are they going to keep guys from from going and doing stuff to where they could potentially, you know, get the virus and it, it ends up spreading amongst teams. You know, they said it's going to be like a campus environment, but I read somewhere that, you know, players would be able to come and go as they please and then they'd just be tested when they come back. And, I mean, I I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I if you're going to do it and you're going to do it at a, you know, one location and, if you're going to be campus style, I mean, I don't think they should just put them on complete lockdown, but I mean, I feel like that would kind of be best in this, <laughs> in this kind of situation, especially given the nature of the virus and how it spreads. Uh, so, I mean, I could see that being an issue if they just let guys come and go as they please and they come back and somebody catches it and it spreads. And then next thing you know, they, they'd end up having to completely cancel everything. So, um, that is that is one of my few fears, but you know I'm trying not to think about that. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty hopeful that this is going to work and we're going to get to see the the NBA playoffs this year. I have well, a especially... take. I have a take, which I've Matt, please share yours, and then I have a take I must share because I've not actually <laughs> I've not actually said this out loud. I've well, been thinking about it. This is more of a quip than a, than a than a take. I, it, it just scares me with people like James Harden on the loose in Orlando. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never know where he's gonna go. He'll find the one strip club that's like halfway open and doing like drive-through buffet or something. Hey, so, and you know, you know, he is ready to get back at it because I don't know if I'm sure y'all saw that picture of James Harden. It looked like he had been lost in the wilderness for the last two months. <laughs> oh yeah, they were, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were coming down a mountain or something. Him and some other guys, and it just looked like, oh my goodness, <laughs> James Harden. He hasn't like eaten anything in a few months, and his his beard grew two times its normal size. But yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, but Kirk, you had a take you wanted to get off. So. I do. So here's here it is. I firmly believe the NBA is has taken a gamble there now they say all the right things and they're they're just to make everyone feel right but they are taking a gamble that this virus in florida with the place that with the environment that they set up is not going to be the risk that we think it is or thought it is you know a few weeks ago 
and then you know it's basically it, it, these games are starting essentially eight weeks from now. They're taking a gamble that this is not going to be a thing in uh, in eight weeks, and I think there is is some credence to that because frankly, you know, we've seen. Texas opened up a little bit. They're seeing some rises in cases, but hospitalization rates are kind of staying flat. And then we're also seeing, you know, in the protests that are happening around the country, lots and lots of people together and not yeah. necessarily practicing social distancing. So we're going to know within a month if things are going to go badly or not. Yeah. So I think when, when you know, you, you look at that from the big picture of what the NBA is doing, they're essentially putting it out there by their actions that they don't think this is a big deal. And I don't have a really opinion on that. I, I It's a little baffling to me, but it, it's the choices that they've made. And I think we're going to see that in action because everything they're saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to be testing. Players are going to be separated from one another, but they can go to dinner and their families can go to the theme parks. It's like, what? what is, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, I, any, the, so so that's kind of my take. That And, and it... it I think the crows will get louder the closer we get to basketball. But if cases are 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 you know are what they are, then you know maybe the NBA made the right gamble. But I also think things could go really badly, and then six weeks from now they just pull out entirely on this. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing we've learned throughout this whole process is, you know, we've heard, we've heard everybody say this, we've said it ourselves, but you know the the virus is what. <laughs> It makes its own timeline. You know, you can't really, mm. you can't really control how it's going to react. And uh, I mean, I, I do think they are taking a gamble. Uh, now they are. That being said, you know, they're consulting with all the right people, uh, all the right professionals that you know know a whole lot more than I do about it. So I mean, it. I'm sure it's a calculated risk, but they're definitely taking one. But I'm excited. Uh, I know you guys are. We could keep talking about this forever, but we're going to pace ourselves so we can come back on here next week and talk about some stuff too. But Kirk, we really appreciate you coming on and talking with us, and we'll have to do it again sometime. It has been too long. I enjoy actually talking. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you've been on here a handful of times, and we'll definitely do it again. But it's 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 good to hear both of y'all's voices. And hopefully we can do it a lot more here in the coming weeks. So, appreciate it. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of Lay's I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins of copper and pollen Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler This how we thinking life's supposed to be Media keeping all my friends close to me Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived I step back and go marvelous. I treat this rap game like it's target practice. No and I ain't even got an aim in my seeing headshots just for saying my name. Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different. Labels call my phone, but I'm lacking interest. Ain't talked to my friends in a while. 
Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.